This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Welcome to this week's Universal After Dark. Today is Super Scouts Takeover because, as usual, I'm your host, Amanda, and I'm joined today by my best Scouse mate, Craig. Hi, Amanda. I'm not Craig. I'm Joey. I drive a Jaguar and I'm super cool and funky and I'm on the door. I don't know what any of that means, honestly. So, hello, Joey. You're not Amanda, you're Aveline. I still don't know who this is. I'm sure that people listening know know what we're doing, but I mean, I don't, so... (laughs) Oh, okay. So, listeners, (laughs) she is now Aveline, but I might call her Amanda, and I am still Joey. Joey. Yeah. Hello, Joey. Joey, let's start the show like we usually do, and I don't know what your drink of choice is, because I don't know you. Boom. So, what are you drinking today? Well, because I'm on the dole and I have to put money into the chicken on the table, a tenner, just for me ma. What uh, does that mean? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Um, I thought you were going to say you had to put money in the telly because I remember when my nan had a telly and she'd have to put 50p in the telly. Yeah, that was a thing. I know. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day and I was like, imagine I'd be poor if I had to do that now because I just watch so much telly. Oh, imagine doing that for the internet as well. I know. Oh, my God. Piles of 50p's everywhere. Could you take the 50p's out and then reinsert those 50p's or did someone come and get them 50p's? Like, were they like to pay for something? Was what was that for? To pay for the telly. You what? Used to, used to rent a telly. Back in the day, off Rumbelows, it was called. What? And on some of them, you'd end up owning the telly. But on others, you literally rented the telly. Wow. And the money went in, and when the money had ran out, the telly had stopped working. What the hell? I literally remember she'd always have, like, a little bag of 50p's, and she was always, like... Like, she lived opposite a pub, and if she'd run out of 50 years, she'd make me run across the pub and get change. EastEnders is on soon. <laughs> That's what she'd be like on a Sunday. She'd make our Sunday roast, and then she'd be like, oh, man, quick, run over to the pub and get this £10 change. And I was like, okay. £10? What was she watching? Bloody Netflix. Like, I think that would last her for, like, I don't know, maybe, like, a week, I guess. I don't, like, oh, I don't know. Bless her. I, I know, love, she's so cute. I love Nans. 
I was not. Don't start me on me, Nan. <laughs> right, I'm drinking Vimto and tea. Together? Not in the same thing, like a weirdo. Like next to each other. That's still a pretty weird concoction in your belly. Yeah. But I've, I've had corn today, so that's okay. Have yeah. Yeah. Me and our Eve are basically... We're not vegetarians because we're scared of uh, Eve's nana. Because Eve's nana tries to force meat on you at every opportunity. So, yeah, but we do eat a lot less meat in our house at the moment. No, that's good. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Thanks, Appeline. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so I, I know that I said two episodes ago that I wasn't going to be drinking anymore until my holiday, and then I still drank anywhere the last episode, and I'm not going to lie, I'm drinking tonight too. Well, do you know what? If that's what you've got to do to get through a podcast, Gail, then get on it. <laughs> it's such a hard life. No, but really, I went to Morrison's. Nick, If Nick was here, he'd say that other supermarkets are available, but I never talk about Morrison's ever, and I never go to Morrison's really. It was a one-off because I don't, I don't really live near one. And when I walked in, they had this giant display at the very front of the shop, Bud Light for £2 for four what? bottles. And I was like, that is a bargain. So I bought so many. I know. That's what I said to Josh. I was like, it's 50p a bottle. Like, that is an absolute bargain. I can't not buy them now. And then I can't not drink them. I mean, Josh is a man's man, isn't he? He's a big, hulking, muscular man. He so is. what does Josh drink? Josh actually doesn't drink at all. That See, that, listeners, that is the sign of a real man. <laughs> it is i think like he'll like if we go out for tea every now and again he'll have like he likes um oh what's that cider called the oh, fruity one oh um strongbow summer fruits is it no not that one that is like lemonade by the way um i don't know then oh copper bag so he'll have like one of them but i don't think they really count well, them summer fruits don't count. They're literally like having a soft drink. They go I down know. like they do go down like Vimto. But yeah, so I don't think that that counts really. So he has like one of them, but he's not a big drinker. So I then just look like an alcoholic. That's why he's so muscular. It is. Maybe if I actually stop drinking, I will become muscular too. But anyway, this isn't Muscles After Dark as much as I'd like it to be. It that isn't. would be a podcast. <laughs> that would be a podcast that I would listen to. Just flexing the muscles into the microphone. Strong, strong, like that. Pretty much. Well, speaking of muscles, (laughs) I've got a good segue going on here. Simbad, officially, I know that we spoke about it on the last episode, but I feel like it just needs a little bit more attention before we move on away from it. September 15th is going to be the last day that you can go and see Simbad. I actually feel a bit sad about that, that I'll never get to see Sinbad again. And I regret probably not going to see Sinbad since 2009. Well, if we cast our, well, if we cast our minds back to the episodes that we did before I went to Florida in April... We were talking about how me and Luke were going to have this giant Lost Continent day, because I was like listen lost continent is not going to be around for long and i feel like it's on its way out so we're going to have a big day and we're going to smash everything in lost continent so that we've done it one last time if anything goes and we didn't do sinbad and now i feel terrible 
Oh, I genuinely feel concerned now for the Lost Continent because that is quite a big footstep, footprint of space. Is it, it going to be is. replaced with a show or is it going to be demolished? I have a feeling that it's going to be demolished, honestly, but I don't think anytime soon. And that's because it was confirmed a few days ago that the Mystic Fountain is <gasps> staying for now. For now now so I, I can't imagine major work going on unless it is going to be another show and they're literally going to keep the outside and they're just going to change the show the show section inside i like i think it would be a wise idea to keep it as a show yeah i'm more concerned about the mystic fountain I mean, I do love the Mystic Fountain. It's a fun little bit of... I feel like so many people just use Lost Continent as a, just to walk through it to get to Hogsmeade, to get, you know, to... to I, I want to say people use it to get to Zeus London. Yeah, but that's just... No. that's just, Like, me and a minority use it to get to Zeus London. I love Zeus London. But realistically, people will just cut through that area to get to the exit of the park. So... I feel like it's it's such an underappreciated area. And I know that, like, I have just posted this on Twitter. I've posted it on Facebook, a poll asking whether you guys feel that stunt shows still have a place in theme parks. Because I'm, I was starting to cut, like, I think that they do. Like, I'm just going to bother that I think that they do still have a place in theme parks. But I'm starting to feel like... Would people just prefer to have a ride in its place? I personally think they do have a place in theme parks. Done well, which they are done well. And done safely, which they are done safely. They are a fabulous um, half an hour out of the day to take your feet off. To maybe crack your butties out if you've got your pack lunch with you. And chill out and watch some fantastic... Um, actors at work and stuntmen and ladies i agree i mean like i can't honestly say that i've been and seen the sinbad's show in the last probably 10 years and thought wow this is an amazing show i know that it's fantastic in the way that it's done i know that the performers are fantastic when it first opened i was like wow this is so freaking cool much in the same way that i thought wow, Indiana Jones, Stunt Spectacular is so cool. And the first time that I saw light motor action, I was like, wow, that's awesome. But, but I feel like with shows like this, you need to kind of refresh it every so often. And I'm not saying you need to change Sinbad's story because it's Sinbad's story. Like, But you, you could change things up about it. Well, you could change everything about it. I mean, it's sort of landlocked in the Lost Continent, so it's sort of... But, could you imagine just putting a James Bond skin over it? You know, so all the same stunts are still going on, but you've got that James Bond music going, and and obviously he's in a suit. You know, a brand new set, and everything like that. Or Mission Impossible, or any number of amazing films like that. It's just in the wrong place, so... That's it. I feel like if it was in studios, 
Yeah, it, it like you could utilize more more themes for it, but the fact that it's in Lost Continent does kind of tie it to a specific thing. But then when you've got thi- like, I'm not saying that Game of Thrones would ever fit into Lost Continent. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, you could kind of take bits from Game of Thrones and use that, and other other TV shows that are in the kind of fantasy realm utilize parts of like what's cool now on tv and pull little bits of that in the show it doesn't have to be a sinbad show i mean imagine a pirate of the caribbean stunt show that would be awesome honestly obviously in the wrong you know the wrong universe but well you could still have pirates in the lost continent and again why does it have to be sinbad wasn't linked to a film it was just a story about Sinbad. Surely mm. Sinbad was a book before it was a film and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just just give it a new script and just change it up. Put aliens in with pirates. <laughs> aliens and pirates. Yeah, that would be amazing. I, I do honestly feel, though, that Islands needs a show. Yeah, definitely. Even if we're going to theme it to Harry Potter, it needs a show of some kind because, I mean, it's got the the big theatre that is in between Marvel and Toon Lagoon. doesn't get utilised for anything. And then it's got the Sinbad Theatre, providing that that stays a theatre. That's two big spaces where you could go wild. And these shows eat a lot of people up. I don't know what the land is like around Islands of Adventure, but I get the impression Universal is landlocked. And the only way they can expand is to reinvent themselves. That's why we lose a lot of the classic stuff. I mean, I don't necessarily think that the the two landlocks, I think there's quite a bit of space around. That they, and even in the parks, it's not utilised. Like, if you look at a lot of Jurassic Park, a lot of that area is gated off. So they could be looking at a new land going in, couldn't they? Potentially they could be looking at a new land going in. If they were to... I'm not wishing the Lost Continent away, but I think that, you know, that's what's going to happen. An entire new land there would freshen the park up enough for now. People need to get into the Lost Continent while it's still there and spend an afternoon in there going in all the nooks and crannies talking to the talking fountain he is a listener he is he is go into the magic shop show the magician some love ooh and ah at all his amazing tricks and then buy them and amaze your family and some of the food options in there are quite spectacular as well i seem to remember yeah i mean i'll always talk about mythos and how much i love mythos and I don't honestly think that Mythos will go away, even if the land is rethemed. I think the restaurant itself would just be rethemed to something else. But it's beautiful inside, it's beautiful outside, the food's beautiful. But then you've got things like kebabs. Yeah. And like grilled chicken. Like I think there's an awful lot of healthier food in that section of the park because it's kind of like um Moroccan y type food, I wanna say. So I think that the food options in, in that area of the park are some of my favourite food options, honestly. Did you save beer in that bit of the park? Yeah. 
Oh, gonna do so much drinking in Halloween Horror Nights 29. Oh, yeah, but I honestly feel like this is an opportune time for people who listened to the last episode where we were talking about first time is going to Halloween Horror Nights because if this is going to be your first time going to the park and you're going for opening weekends you will get to be there for the last day of Sinbad's operation. So you can get that done, get the rest of the Lost Continent done, and take those off your list before you start enjoying your Halloween Horror Nights break. Oh, gosh. I've just had a pang. I keep looking at Kerry with puppy dog eyes, and she keeps saying, do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, just go. And I'm like... Just go. Just come with us. No. No. Yes. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it to her. She's so lovely. She is an angel. What bring her? Oh, she would. No. She's a school teacher. No chance. Smarter. Oh, God. I know. Children. Just the bane of our lives. Absolutely. So, come on. But... What's, what's next, girl? Well, I wanted to kind of link this in a little bit with an idea that you had about things that people who are coming down for Halloween Horror Nights can't miss. If this is going to be the first time coming to the parks, what are some must-dos in Universal and Islands and even City Walk that they have to get done this time? Mm-hmm. And this time... If I'm like, hey, you should really get things done in this area of the park, I'm just saying. Yeah. Get, just get it done. Just get it done. Just, just get that bit done. Just do it. Uh-huh. So, Craig. Uh-huh. What do you feel like is your must-do, your number one must-do? Well, some of these are, I don't think there's any order, and some of them are from the children and the wife. Oh, yeah, a nice mixture. My wife. And some of them are stuff that I've never done before. Oh. So, exactly. Something that I wish I had done and I haven't had the guts to do it. But I think I might do next year. So, the one that I'm excited for out of all these is to spike a butterbeer. Oh, I've never done that. Um, and I've had a look online, and the popular vote goes for Jack Daniels. Mm. Now, I know you don't, you know... I don't mess the spirits, really. Yeah, but it's going into a... You're, you're putting um, probably a little miniature bottle, so that's a, like a shot, isn't it, really? Uh, a measure into a pint of a non-alcoholic drink. Now, mm-hmm. are we talking regular butterbeer, not frozen? I'm guessing. I think it. I think it could work in any butterbeer, including. Do you? The, yeah. Alcohol is alcohol, and butterbeer is butterbeer. Mm-hmm. Okay, have you had the hot butterbeer? No. That is the single most amazing drink that has ever been invented ever. Oh really? Oh, you cannot believe the taste. You cannot. It just... It's, it's what it should be. Hmm. It's amazing. I think the problem is that I I come home before hot butter beer starts. 
Well, when me and Stuart went to 25, um, Halloween Hard Nights 25, that was when we had the hot butter beer. And oh, was it? Yeah. Now, I think we went in the September, but it might have been... I, I need to speak to Stuart for that. I th- it might have been October. But it's amazing. And if you can spice that up with a little bit of um, Jack Daniels, I personally would go for a single malt whiskey at a, a Glenmorangie or something like that. I think that would be a fantastic first. But if you're not a drinker, you must have a butter beer. I agree with that. I love frozen butter beer. It's definitely my favourite. But I feel like you need to make yourself a little challenge to try all of the ones that are available at the time that you go. Well, definitely, because over on the UUOP, they did a butter beer challenge, didn't they? A vote a couple of years ago. And it was frozen, regular, ice cream, hot. And you had to vote for your favourite. I think frozen one, I can't remember. But when I went with Nick last year, we tried the regular butterbeer, which I haven't had since 2009, because the thing to do is have frozen butterbeer. And regular butterbeer is so nice. I find that it's... And I, I don't know if this will make any sense. I'm probably being stupid here. But I find that that lies too heavy on my stomach. It might do. Well, that's also probably because I will down a frozen butter beer or a regular butter beer and then I'll go straight on Forbidden Journey. <clears throat> I know, I'm disgusting. But I just feel like whenever I've done that with a regular butter beer, it, I've just felt more sick than I have with the frozen. And I don't know if that makes any sense because I imagine that the frozen one is probably heavier. But Butter beers are made to share. I agree. I don't think I've ever finished an entire butter beer myself. They're very big. Another top tip is when you first walk into Potter and you see the butter beer carts and everyone flocks to them, walk right past them and go into the alehouse. I'm sure you can get them in there. In the hog's head, you can indeed. With next to no queue. Uh-huh. So that's my first one. Have you got one? Um, I mean... Mine is obviously going to be to ride ET. While it's still here. Well, I don't for one second think that ET is going to go anytime soon. I, I really don't, don't believe that. Like, be- I'd, I'd probably bet my life on it at this point that it's not going anywhere in the next few years. It's been but, repainted, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been repainted. Botanicus is slowly but surely coming back to his original glory. You know, they'll update the lights around every so often and then they'll bring a little bit of smoke back in and then they'll do a bit more lighting. And so soon he'll be at his at his best again. His so retro him, best. His retro best. But I just feel like E.T. is the classic ride of Universal. It's one of the only original things that are left in the park, along with Horror Makeup Show. Well, that's, that's, that's definitely one of my must-dos, the two originals that are left. Exactly. Make and I sure. think it's just, it's a, everybody can ride it. Yeah. The whole family can ride it. No one has to be scared. 
I mean, I know that some people are scared of ET, but that's by the by. But it's not a thrill ride. It's a nice family ride. And I just feel like it is, to me anyway, I would never feel like I'd be in to Universal if I hadn't been on ET. You know, like when you go to, I don't want to bring Disney into because this isn't a Disney podcast, but if you went to Magic Kingdom and there was a scrim around the castle, so you never got to see the castle, that's how it would feel like to me. Or Peter Pan. Magic Kingdom, the Americans, I don't don't ask me why, but Peter Pan is like a rite of passage. It's always a 90-minute wait, and it's it's the poor man's E.T. That's, uh, there you go, I've said it. <laughs> but then these same people will go and queue 90 minutes with Peter Pan and then send me an abusive message to tell me how much they hate the E.T. ride. And I'm like, it's the same freaking ride! Same ride! Like, what? But there's no speaking spell in Peter Pan. Exactly. Where's Botanicus? Botanicus? Where's Botanicus in Peter Pan? Exactly. But that's my number one thing, anyway, that I think that everybody should do. First time going to Universal, you're just coming down for Horror Nights, and it's your first ever time in the parks. Ride E.T. And then walk around to the Horror Makeup Show, because the actors in there are phenomenal. Oh, they're fantastic. And I feel like I have I've seen all different variations you mix of it up, the don't you? They do and they'll mix it up multiple times in a day sometimes, so you might not go and see there's a lot of ad lib in the show and so you might not see the same show twice in a day. And I feel like I've seen such variation over the years, but I've never walked out of that show despite minimal things changing over the years. And this completely contradicts what I said about Sinbad earlier and how I feel like things should be refreshed constantly because there's certain elements of this show that will be refreshed, but a lot of it has stayed true to the original show in the early 90s. And I have never, ever, ever walked out of it and thought that wasn't a very good show today. Yeah. It's consistently great. Every Every single time, it's phenomenal. And they feed off the audience participation not shouting out and such but they'll pick on somebody and and drag them out and they, they rift off that person don't they and yeah and completely is it rift it's not rift it's riff they riff off that person <laughs> we'll just make words up it's fine yeah they rift i don't know even what but okay so oh come on gail oh You've got, it's the first time in the parks, you're going to Halloween Horror Nights anyway. You've got to try all the variations of Duff Beer. Agreed. Not all at once, because that'll make it a bit bog-eyed. It might, but that would um, set you up for a night at Horror Nights, I think. And even, like... I'm not saying that I finish every beer that I ever start because I don't, but I have definitely had one of each butter beer, not butter beer, one of each duff whilst I've been in Stay and Scream. So what have we got? We've so got... we have duff, yep. regular, we have duff light, yeah, and then the special autumn edition, which is Dufftoberfest. Yeah. Now, can, I'm sure you can get these as a flight. Um, I don't honestly know. I've never seen it as a flight. Maybe I just 
gloss over that whenever I'm in line. I don't know. I've never seen it as a flight, but that's something I'm definitely going to look out for. And any of our listeners that are going to be there in the next couple of weeks when Dufftoberfest will be back out, let us know if they do have a Duff flight. And what is your go-to Duff? Yeah, definitely interested in hearing that because I know that everybody will have a different favourite. My personal favourite is Dufftoberfest. Yeah, I'm the same. Mm-hmm. But I do love a good regular Duff as well. Definitely. Come on, what is, what's your next one? Conquer your fears <gasps> and ride a giant roller coaster. Which is your go-to giant roller coaster out of the two? The Incredible Hulk is my absolute favourite one. And I used to kind of make myself little challenges in the day, in the days when Dueling Dragons or Dragon Challenge was still around. And so I'd want to do every coaster in the park in like in an afternoon, maybe. So I'd ride the Mummy, I'd ride the Hulk, I'd ride Rip Red Rocket, I'd ride both dragons, I'd ride Fight of the Hippogriff. And so now we, we've cut back a little bit on roller coasters, but The Incredible Hulk is such a fantastic coaster. It deserves to be ridden. Do you still ride Flight of the Hippogriff? I mean, sometimes I do, because I know that some grown-ups might might not ever look at it and think, I'm going to ride that today. But you get amazing views of Hogwarts. Exactly. You get amazing views of everything. Yeah. It's boss. It's It's a nice little coaster. Yeah, it's lovely. What did it used to be called? It used to be the Flying Unicorn. Oh, there you go. Mm Mm-hmm. You're so old, Amanda. You're so old. I know. I'm an old lady now. (laughs) But it's the exact same track in the exact same place, and they just literally changed the unicorn out to a hippogriff and painted it all. And there's cool little things around too. Like, I I just feel like it's just a, a nice coaster. Even if you're not a giant coaster fan, if you're not brave enough to go on something, maybe like The Mummy, but you do like things like... um. What's what's Goofy's one? Is it Barnstormer? Barnstormer. So, right, so you're in Universal. You're petrified of coasters. Rank them in order to get you to go to... So it's got to be Hippogriff first. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, actually, I'd say maybe Woody's Nuthouse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that, yeah. I'd say probably that one first, and then I would go to Fire the Hippogriff. And then I would do Gringotts. Yeah. Then I would do the Mummy. Definitely agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the this last one is kind of a toss-up because it's going to depend. Now, I personally feel like Rip Ride Rocket is scarier than the Hulk is. I agree because I've seen people on the news getting taken out of that by emergency services. Like, <laughs> I mean, not for that reasons, but I just feel like because it's a different kind of um, like, like, like steep belt kind of system. So this is a lap bar that just literally goes over your knee. Yeah, it's it's petrifying. It is a scary, scary coaster. I think that parts of the hulk are definitely more intense like the hulk is a launch coaster so it'll shoot you out really quickly and then it's got all the corkscrews and it's got the loops and blah 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 you don't actually go upside down on rip ride rocket completely but 
I think that the 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 way that you're sat in Rip Ride Rocket makes it a little bit more intimidating. So I feel like if you're a bit security conscious on a coaster, I feel like I'd maybe do the Hulk first and then Rip Ride Rocket. If you're if you're more scared of doing loops and launching, I'd do Rip Ride Rocket first and then the Hulk. So there you go. Yeah, I would I would put. Um, the Hulk and then Rip Ride Rocket as the, the scariest both of them, as I get older both of them I struggle with now and they can knock me for six for the day so if you do suffer with your head and all that a little bit, it can be a little bit daunting, but if you're full of October Dufftoberfest Dufftoberfest who cares just, just get on them you might never be going back. That's the thing until Stranger Things 2 next year. That's it. But I always try, whenever someone's a, like, I would never pressure anyone into doing anything they didn't want to do. No. In regards to going on workers. Because I know that they can be terrifying to some people. But I always kind of tell Ash, it's not my story, because I've always been brave. It's Ash's story. So when, you know, we've been going to, to Florida since 1992. And for years and years and years, Ash would never go on a roller coaster. She would never go on Tower of Terror. She would never go into any house at Halloween Horror Nights. She wouldn't even walk through a scare zone. She was scared of her own shadow. She And you wouldn't think that because she's feisty. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's very feisty. You'd think she was scared of nothing. But she just didn't, in her head, she just didn't like it. And then... You know, we, we managed to get her onto Rock and Roller Coaster. That was one of the first coasters that she did, and I thought that was insanely brave because you can't see. You don't know anything about it. Apart no, from like the, you don't know what's going to happen. Off. Exactly, you can't prepare yourself for anything because you can't see it. So, you know, she'd do little roller coasters like Space Mountain and Barnstormer and stuff like that, but Rock and Roller Coaster is probably one of the very first big coasters. And then from that, she went on to The Incredible Hulk, then she started going into Halloween Horror Nights houses, and now she's the bravest person, and she just birthed a child. There you go. On a roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, I wish that'd be a very interesting story. But she she just conquered a fear one day, and now she absolutely loves coasters, and she loves spooky things. So you might like these things. You don't know, but I think, and I really, really do believe that the mummy is a good in-between. I know I've heard of people who will go on Gringotts, but they won't go on Mummy. And I think that that's more because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. What's going to happen in there? But I feel like the Mummy is an excellent coaster, and I think it's a good a good way to build up to something a little bit bigger. Nowadays, right? Um, you get badges for everything, don't you? Virtual badges. <laughs> when I fill rings on my Apple Watch, are in badges. When you check in on Foursquare, you get badges. Why don't Universal have badges for checking in and riding the coasters and the or stamps? And if you get all the stamps, you get a little prize. I think that would be a cool incentive for kids because I know that like hardcore coaster fans will collect coaster credits. Ooh. I know. And so the, the, they can go and ride all the coasters in the world and they'll get credits for each different type of coaster. But if Universal was to do something like on a very small scale of that for maybe like kids, 
who are going to go on the first. Like, it doesn't have to. You don't have to give adults these things. You don't have to give adults a prize. But if you were going to say to kids, you know, you you're super brave. Yeah. But even like, don't make people feel like they're not brave because they didn't go on the mummy. But even if you, you know, you could get the same kind of prize from doing Men in Black and ET and blah blah blah. Like you just do like a little passport, like Food and Wine Festival would be cool. Like you just take all these things off that you've done in a day, and then you'll get a prize based off of that. Be amazing. Even if the prize is just literally a badge. So. Okay. Who went next? Who went last? I did, so it's your turn. <laughs> I would go and buy an interactive wand and give yes. Harry Potter the attention it deserves. Either if you can afford it a full day, if you can't afford it a good afternoon. And go and walk around both lands doing all the interactive wand spells. I 100% agree with that because no matter how many times I've been into Diagon Alley and been into Hogsmeade and there's been times in the last few years where I've I've been on a a week-long trip or a 10-day trip and I've only gone to Universal and I've still not seen everything. Exactly. There's so much to do and those interactive ones are ridiculously fun. And they would be even more fun if you're full of butterbeer with Jack Daniels in. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I'd never heard of, of spiking your butterbeer, but I did learn on my last trip that people will get Flame and Moe's from the Simpsons area, Yeah. which is non-alcoholic, and they will take it into another bar and get a shot put into it. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that's what James was going to do because James honestly thought that a flame of was going to be alcoholic and he was disappointed when it wasn't. And someone in, in Moe's had said, not, not someone that worked there, but someone that was just having a drink on the bar, had said, oh, if you take it down to one of the bars and get, is it Fireball Whiskey? Yeah. Put that in it. It's amazing. And we were going to. We just didn't end up doing it. So I think that's something that, I mean, I probably won't try it, but he will. I don't think, because we drank that Fireball whiskey in Potter, and I don't think it's whiskey. I don't know if Fireball whiskey's a real thing, is it? I don't know. I'd never heard of it until um, people in the park were talking about it. It tastes like cinnamon aftershock. That's kind of what I imagined it to be like. Like Before people were saying whiskey on the end of it and they were saying Fireball, I was thinking of aftershock. That's what it because we got a shot. It's it's on the it's on the channel somewhere um, of us drinking it in Potter. Kerry nearly died. Like, oh my god! I just I just don't like things like that. Like I'm just not. I don't like anything that tastes like it could be alcohol. I like things that taste like juice or beer. So come on. Okay, so we'll do one arts. more each. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Go on. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so mine is, and this, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a sneaky two. Go on then. Okay, so in, you're not gonna be able to do this around Halloween Horror Nights time because it's not gonna be on. 
But if you're going to come, if this is going to be your first time at Universal and then you really love it and you want to come back, if you come back around Christmas time or through the summer, you have to do the nighttime shows. Have to. So you've got the Hogwarts light show, and that's beautiful. And that's relatively, relatively new this year, is it? Yeah, so they, they did a Christmas one at the end of last year. And then they brought it back as a, I think from around like the beginning of April time, um, as just a nighttime, a nighttime light show on the castle. And it is gorgeous. It's so worth seeing it. And it's so nice just to see the park at night because the parks do close earlier in September, October, November time for Halloween Horror Nights. So definitely worth sticking around and then you've got the new cinematic celebration over in universal studios which i haven't seen in person yet i'm very much looking forward to seeing it next year but i think just sticking around for those shows so worth it can i put my hands up here and um say something of course i've never seen a nighttime show at universal oh you are missing out that's what you need to put on your list to do the next time that you're there and that's purely because um when we're staying on property at universal as we do you tend to smash the park five o'clock at the latest you're coming out and um because we've got the kids and all that all they want to do then is go in the pool we might go for something to eat which is some of my extras is like go and have a go and eating Bubba Gumps and get on the Corona Ritas, that type of stuff. Yes. But we end up in the pool with the kids and we sort of look at each other when it's getting time for the nighttime spectacular and we just stay in the pool. But this time next year, next August, we're going to make the effort. I definitely think that you won't regret it. You'll love it. So my other thing is, and if you haven't already completely planned your stay, I think this is a really important one to consider at least, and that's stay on site at one of the Universal Hotels. Yeah. I feel like these days you can get them relatively cheap, especially if you're looking at something like Cabana Bay or Aventura, and then you've got the new Endless Summer Resort coming next year. So well, I'm thinking forward for next year if people do. But, you you know, when you compare the prices of these hotels, I know they're slightly more expensive than hotels on iDrive would be, but you're, you're going to have such a fun experience because they're so well-themed, they're so close to the park. You can just nip back to the hotel, have a little bit of time in the pool, have a little nap, and then go back over for Horror Nights. And I think that's one of my my biggest benefits of staying on site what i will say is last year when we stayed on site it, it opens the door to so much there's so many people now staying at the parks are so busy anything anything that gives you the edge is so worth doing and staying on site will get you the early park admission so you can do the popular stuff first um, staying at the, the top three hotels will get you the express passes as well. It just it just beggars belief. And them express passes, if you were to walk in as a family of four and say, four express passes, please, for today, 
that would cost you more than buying a hotel room at one of the top hotels for the night. And that's a fact. Yep, I agree. And so those express passes you can get if you're staying at Hard Rock, if you're staying at Portofino Bay, and if you're staying at Lowe's Royal Pacific. And all of those hotels are absolutely gorgeous. It's very hard to pick the best, but my best is Hard Rock, purely on the location. Because you can fall out of there into Universal Studios. I definitely agree. I think that if money was no object and you wanted to treat yourself, I think Hard Rock is fantastic. I think the pool area is amazing. I think the theming, as someone who is into rock music and is into rock history, I feel like it's a very, very cool hotel to stay in. I think it feels very luxurious and you get those express passes too. However, I feel like if you want to go more mid-level, which I I certainly don't think it looks mid-level by any means, my overall favourite, thinking of a little bit of a budget, is Sapphire Falls. I think it's absolutely stunning. I think it's slightly further away, but the boat, you can get a boat ride there, which takes not even five minutes. So I think that, that being a bit further away point is a bit null. But that's my overall favourite hotel to stay in on site and that's what one of Kerry's ideas was go on the boats and uh, resort hop and go and have a drink in each resort yeah and that's a really fun idea you know you've got rum tasting in the Strongwater Tavern in Sapphire Falls it's a gorgeous bar anyway like taking the rum tasting out of it it's a gorgeous bar and then you've got things like the Velvet Lounge in Hard Rock You've got a whole bunch of different places that you can go to in Portofino and Royal Pacific. And then you've got things like the Swizzle Lounge in Cabana Bay. And the Hideaway Bar near the pool. And just the last one that I'm going to say, talking of pools, if you're staying in a resort and you're having a bit of time out one night maybe, get in the pool, get yourself a cocktail and watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing we've never done. Oh, what? Well, because we're, we've got kids and they're always... But the kids are older now. And there's nothing better than feeling like a rock star than getting a bucket of beer with the family and being in the pool in Hard Rock. It is pure rock and roll. It is definitely rock and roll. I feel like everybody who... I mean, I'm not saying that, like, if you're you're totally against rock music or, like, you just hate that kind of theme. Obviously, that's not going to be for you. But I feel like people should have at least one night in one of the the more expensive Universal Hotels. So, stay in the Hard Rock, stay in Royal Pacific, stay in Portofino. Portofino Bay has got to be one of the most beautifully themed resorts that I've ever seen in my life. I've seen Tim Tracker's video. It's, it's absolutely stunning. Breathtaking. It's absolutely breathtaking. These hotels, when we say expensive, they're still only like $300 a night. If if that, a lot of them, like you can, you can get a cracking deal Yeah. on these hotels. If you're booking it at the right time, you can get yourself a good deal on them. And especially if you're going with a family, because a lot of the hotels don't charge for this and they'll charge per room. Per room? That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, I lose out a bit there because it tends to be just me and one person. But 
And the rooms all have two big beds in them. You can get rollaway beds too. They always provide extra blankets and blah, blah, blah. But some of them will even have kids' suites. Well, talking of kids' suites, you've got Carla and Phil there who were a, a nice little family of four staying with us next year, five nights in the Hard Rock Hotel. And what did they go and do? Oh, I'll let you tell everybody what they did. The add a little bit of um, magic and now there's going to be six of them instead of four. <laughs> so they've, they've had to, up, well, they didn't have to upgrade. Universal was going to let them stay in the room um, with the six because the two of them were little babies, nine months old. But for a bit of sanity, they've upgraded to a kid suite. So, and I think I think they'll really enjoy that. I can't wait to go up there and have a look. You have to film it and put it on the channel. Oh yes, we get Luke yeah. and baby. Luke and baby. Oh yes, I mean, okay. <laughs> Luke in a nappy. Ah, <sighs> uh, well, okay. I'm going to move on. Okay. From Luke in a nappy, in case um, people are be weird about it. I don't want anyone being weird about my Luke, but. We had some questions from you beautiful listeners and we thought we had, because the last few episodes that we've done have been like two hours and two and a half hours long and I know I'm conscious that not everybody loves a super long episode. I love super long episodes. I am a mixture. Sometimes I like a good long episode, like if I'm going to be driving to Liverpool or I'm going to be driving to the Lake District, I like one that's going to take up my entire journey. But then sometimes... You know, I don't go there every single week. Sometimes I just want a, a quick one that I can listen half on the way to work and half on the way back from work. So this one, I'm definitely going to keep it under two hours. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. I've got to go and sleep on the floor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sleepover. Mm. Oh, yeah. So we will get to these questions. So the first question that we had was from Daniel. And he asked us, where are the Stay and Scream locations and do we know which houses each of them will head to first? So, there's nothing official yet for this year. I don't think that we'll honestly know until opening night and then Luke will tell us for definite where the Stay and Scream areas are going to be. But from numerous past years, they are usually in Finnegan's. Yep. And outside of Finnegan's, in the Simpsons area, and around the Hello Kitty store. So I imagine that they're going to be the same this year. I can't, I can't see any reason why they would be any different this year. Well, I think last year me and Nick did both, um, because we met some listeners in Finnegan's, and then the next night we did the Simpsons. My favourite is the Simpsons. Because what they do is they walk you around to the ET area. They, they, they check you in at the Simpsons. So we had a pint and all that. And then we were able to walk around past the uh, the Pets uh, show. And they, we were corralled there. And then we were by, just by ET, but not quite corralled there. And then they let us in. And we got we had Express that night... And we got five houses done before we had to do Express. 
Mm-hmm. And it was all the houses at the back. Yeah, I definitely feel like, I mean, I'm not saying every single person goes to stay and scream because then we're not going to get the houses done early and then I'm going to be sad about it. But I do think it's definitely worth doing it. And I think each different area has its benefits. So again, I don't know for definite. So don't hold me to this information. I'm just going off past years. If you're going to go to the Simpsons area, I'm imagining that the the first houses that you'll get to do, because they won't if you if you're in the Simpsons Stay and Scream area, they won't let you go down to the front of the park to do the house at the front of the park. No. So you'll be sectioned into those areas, and you'll do one or two houses in that immediate area. So if you're in the Simpsons area, I'm imagining. That's going to be the tent houses, so it'll be Slaughter Cinema and Dead Exposure. If you are in the Finnegan's area, again going off of last year, I'm imagining that it will most likely be Carnival Graveyard and Scary Tales or Carnival Graveyard, Scary Tales and Poltergeist or some kind of mixture of two or all of those three houses that you'll get to do first. If you are in the Hello Kitty area, I imagine that it will be Stranger Things or potentially Halloween 4. So, I mean, if you're there three nights, you could literally do a stay and screen three and get the majority, all the houses done relatively easy. Yeah, that's it. I mean, most nights last year and the year before, I'd do stay and scream and I'd, I'd get... Uh, like, I did The Simpsons stay and scream most nights just because I like sitting inside Moe's. Because it has a tendency to rain. I love, I love the vibe of stay and scream. Because it's the, it's the few, it's not the many. So everybody's a bit chilled out. Everybody's talking about Halloween Horror Nights. Have you seen this house? Have you seen that house? Uh, everyone's a bit relaxed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, definitely. It, and you can feel the electricity in the air starting to crackle and people are starting to get excited. And the only thing I'll say about the Finnegan's staying scream is it is bouncing in there. The little fellas in the corner singing the songs. Everybody's singing with them. Everybody's having a pint. And you forget that staying scream's on and then you miss the first 20 minutes because you're having such a good time. <laughs> that's it i think finnegan's is definitely the funnest stay and scream area and it tends to be the most popular stay and scream area too because you know you're just out having a drink you can have something to eat yeah they, should, waiting. they should ring a bell or something or someone just stick their head in and go it's open but yeah they don't and you're having a ball in there you know they'll sing he sings you go up and you give him a tip and if he knows the song he'll sing it for you that's it. So I like. I definitely think Finnegan's. If you've never done a stay and scream area before, I think Finnegan's is a is a fun first one to do. Yeah. And you're out of the potential rain. You're out of the potential sun. And it's just it's a nice, easy way to pass the time. But they're what I think the areas will be, judging from the last few years, and they are what I think the houses you'll. I mean, if you know what houses you want to do first. I think that if you do either Finnegan's or Hello Kitty, you're going to be able to get those front few houses done either way early on. Definitely. 
And if you want to do the tent houses and the houses towards the back of the park, like trick or treat and seeds of extinction, you'd be better off doing the Simpsons area. Yeah. So our next one is Phil. And he wants to know the best places to drink on City Walk at night. So, Craig, I'm going to let you say what your favourite is first. Well, I've got two, really. Um, and I think one of them's the same for you. So I'll go with my other one. I'm going to say Bubba Gumps. And I'm going to say get at the bar and get yourself a Corona Rita. They've got three versions. And when I was with Nick and we recorded a podcast sitting at that bar, it's out there in the feed. Go back and have a listen. I drank three Corona Ritas, three different flavours. Oh, wow. To Nick's one because he's a shandyhead. So I'm going to say Bubba Gumps. And I'll let you say the next one because I think it's the same. I don't think it is the same. Oh, come on. I know. But this one is my absolute favourite place to drink in City Walk. And it's small. And so I think that people might be a little bit, oh, that's different. I mean, it's not different. Everyone drinks there. But mine is the Lone Palm Airport, which is a part of Margaritaville. Didn't even know it existed. <laughs> well, you it's the, you know, where we see the plane when you walk into islands. Yeah, yeah. It's that. I think me and Stuart have had a pint in there one afternoon on the way back to the hotel for a, uh, a shower and a shave. I love it there. If ever, like, because what I tend to do when I'm going to Horror Nights, and I'm just going to let you in on my tips and tricks here, is I will use my early park admission early in the morning. So I'll go in. I mean, sometimes I won't go up early, I'm not going to lie. So I'll get there at like 10. But I'll go and do some things at the park and I'll leave at like 2-ish, go home, get showered, get changed, and I'll head back purely to go to stay and scream. And if I'm there a little bit earlier, I'll just go and have a drink at the Lone Palm first. Okay. And that also works if you're a bit late for stay and scream. So they won't let you in to stay and scream after the park's closed. So you need to get there a little bit before park closing to be let into the stay and scream area. So if you're running a little bit late, just go and sit in Lone Palm, have a couple of beers, and then head on over for the general admission. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're still going to have a really good night. Well, my other one then is cowfish upstairs at the bar. Sitting at the bar, drinking... I can't remember, I can never remember it, but it's that orange beer that you like. Oh, no, I like the pomegranate beer. Oh. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, the NBC bar and grill upstairs. That's what I thought you were going to say before you said Bubba Gumps, honestly. I, f- I forgot all about it. I drank there. Um, it was an IPA. Oh, again, I think it's on the podcast, but it was about 11%. Now, when I was with Stuart, I drank two or three of them. And we had a couple of shots as well. And that was the night we were in bed for seven o'clock. Oh, my God. And that was, right, you won't even remember this, but when I phoned up to get the tickets, um, we didn't uh, get the right tickets. Or No, we did. We he, he sold us the best tickets we could buy, and that was to go to Halloween Horror Nights on the Friday night and the Sunday night, and miss out the Saturday night, right? We forgot about, well, I forgot about that, so we went on the ale on the Saturday, 
on the Friday, sorry, and we're in bed for seven o'clock because of jet lag and everything like that, uh, and drinking a lot. These three of these freaking pints. So on the Saturday when we go to go to Halloween Horror Nights, our tickets aren't valid. Oh no! Because we eat soldiers and we'd forgotten, and give them the due. Universal are amazing, and they could see we were genuine, and the honours they wanted to sell us. Um, it was a thousand dollars worth of tickets to go oh, in. Oh, what? Honest to God, Stuart will tell you. And um, in the end, this girl—it wasn't the manager behind it; it was the girl um, seeing what was going on, and she helped us. And she gave us complimentary express passes for the Saturday night, and she gave us complimentary passes to go into Halloween Horror Nights on the Saturday night, and. We 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 saved the night basically, but that's that, lovely. That was the NBC bar and grill did that to us because we got that drunk. We fell asleep at seven o'clock. Oh my god! Well, I also love cowfish. Cowfish upstairs at the bar is brilliant. It's awesome and it's so cool inside as well. And there's so many cool drinks that you can get in there. I think it's. I think Cowfish is one of my favourite places in City Walk. One of my happiest, bestest memories in the world was we were all staying in Hard Rock for the night, the whole family, 2015, and I'd been sent out to try and book a, a table, and it's quite hard to book tables on City Walk because they want to give you the pager and when it pages, you know, all that type of stuff, rather than can we book a table for five o'clock for twelve. You sort of resist against that. Um, so I was walking round, and I literally was walking back to the hotel empty-handed without being able to get a reservation and just out of nowhere bumped into um, Darren and Nina from UUOP and we went up and I bought them a drink and we had a lovely drink in Cowfish and it was one of, it was lovely. Just pure random. Yeah. We hadn't arranged to meet. We hadn't arranged to see each other. We just bumped into each other. Two two people on from different sides of the planet, just at the same place at the same time. Just bonkers. I love that. That's so cute. Yeah. So that was the cowfish. Hi, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys here, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast. How would you like to be among some of the first guests to stay at Universal's new property, the Aventura Hotel? Aventura opens this August and is another great option to consider when staying at Universal. You can get early entry benefits, transportation to and from all the parks, and have views of any of the three parks. At the end of a long day, have a drink in style on the new rooftop bar. Book a four-night stay with me to get 20% off your stay with rates as low as $116 per night along with a $50 food and drink credit. You must book by June 15th and travel dates are August 16th through December 20th. Mention this ad to stack your savings and get $25 off your deposit. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com or any social media at WPMagicJourneys. Okay, so Simon says, are you going into the event spoiler-free or is the anticipation too much to bear? Well, I feel like it's very hard to go into anything 
especially if you're in this kind of community it's very hard to go into any new attraction or event spoiler free unless you're going for the opening so no doubt luke will be telling me a bunch of stuff that's in the houses or in the scare zones i'll see pictures and videos of things that are in the scare zones obviously won't see pictures and videos of what's in the houses unless people are doing the unmask and the horror tour now i'll see some pictures maybe of some houses but i think some things will be a surprise but i think I, I won't really have much of a choice unless i stay completely offline which i'm incapable of doing <laughs> but i think the the only really recent year that i did manage to stay spoiler free was i think 2013 um, and i don't that, was that 23 that was 23 and i think that was the year that we had i don't remember if it was 23 or 24 that we had and i was butcher the name but it was one of my all-time favorite houses La Llorona. I know yeah. that's not how you say it because it's Mexican, that but was, that's how I say it. That was my first Halloween Horror Night. That house was horrific. Was it 23 or was it 24? 23. It was, 23. Yeah, it was my 40th. You were only like 12 at the time. <laughs> I was 23. <laughs> I feel so old right now. <laughs> Let me, I'm just double checking. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was. It was 23. So that was the year that we had Cabin in the Woods, yeah. which I think is one of the best houses that we've had. I, I, that took me breath away. I watched all these films in preparation for the event. Um, and I watched American Werewolf in London for the first time in 20 years. Oh, so good. That film is so good. Cabin in the Woods, what a film. The Evil Dead remake, that was there uh-huh. as well. Yeah, so we had Evil Dead, we had Resident Evil, we had Walking Dead, American Werewolf. American Werewolf in London is one of my all-time favourite films. So I knew I knew the houses that were going to be there because I'd seen the announcements for it, but that was it. That was all that I knew. You were you you were in you were in vlogging then, were you? I mean, I filmed some bits of it, but it was more for like, like I filmed or like either me or my dad has filmed every year that I've ever been to Florida. So I filmed like a home movie style. I didn't film like actual vlogs. So none of it's on YouTube. But you'd have been like on Twitter and everything like that, looking at people's responses to it before you went. I didn't even... Like, I looked at the house announcements and I looked at, like, that year, every scare zone was Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. You walked through Herschel's barn. Uh-huh. Oh, do you know what? Walking Dead was so underrated. I'm so angry at people. <laughs> you know, I feel like I, and I say this on every episode pretty much at this point, is that I'm not a massive Walking Dead fan. And that's not to say that I think Walking Dead's terrible because I certainly don't. I think it's a, it's a really surprisingly good show for me because I'm not the biggest fan of zombies. But I thought that that year where, and I think if they did something like that now where every scare zone had one theme, I'd be like, oh, no. But it worked that year. Everything was Walking Dead. The Walking Dead theme was so loud yeah. all around the park. And every time I hear the theme song now, it reminds me of that year. And I'm like, oh, that was such a cool year. And I, I do think that Walking Dead got 
overdone at the park and you know I'll, I'll always agree with when people are saying that but I do think that that year especially Walking Dead was great at the event there wasn't a house was there there was a house. Oh, there was a house as well. There was a house. So there was there was one Walking Dead house. The entire park was scare zones from Walking Dead. And it was all different areas. Was that the prison house, or was that the year, the two years after? It was. I mean, I don't really follow the. No, it was. Oh yeah, it was. So there was the town of Woodbury, and then the derelict prison. Yeah. Uh huh. But I think that was a really cool year, but that was probably the only recent year that I can remember. Well, I know definitely it's the only recent year where I have just gone into it pretty, just knowing what the houses are going to be, but not knowing anything else about it. So I didn't look at any props until I got there. So I didn't look at any scare zone props, didn't look at anyone's tweets. I didn't look at any videos until I got there. I just I stayed complete social media blackout. It's impossible to do that now. Because, it is. Because we've got our Chris, and because you're such a wonderful vlogger, and because you're such a wonderful podcaster, you can't do any of that. I was try. I was having a conversation with someone about this the other day, and he was like, oh, I think that I might... He's going at the end of October for, for actual Halloween. And he's like, I think I'm going to have to change my dates or I'm going to have to go on two trips because I'm just too excited, but I don't want to see anything. And I feel like it's going to be too hard for me to avoid things. And I'm like, I definitely can't avoid things because one, I need to talk about it on the podcast. And two, because I need to go on Twitter and things like that to promote the podcast and so that people don't forget about me. Um I need to be. I need to be going online. So I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see things. So uh, it's it's pointless me even trying. Rides. I can avoid things about rides. I can't avoid things about an entire event. And the thing is, looking at, say, for example, the Tim Tracker stuff, or or any of them, any of them who do the vlogs, it's not the same as seeing it in real life. Exactly. Seeing it in real life and the smells. And the atmosphere, it it doesn't matter that you've seen it on a on a forty inch telly, uh, you know it's that's irrelevant. It's not it's not a, a fair uh, representation. Not until yeah. you get to that event and you hear that music. I mean that Walking Dead music is ingrained into my psyche. Mm-hmm. The clown music from Hallow- uh, from twenty five for Jack. Yes, that, you know that is ingrained that's all part of it and you can't know that unless tim track is standing there next to the speaker as that music's playing which you know what are the odds it's just all stuff like that it's amazing i agree and i mean i have a universal orlando spotify playlist which i post in the group sometimes so if you're not already in our group feel free to come and join the family just search for the after dark podcast network on facebook and you can join our little group i post that spotify playlist sometimes and that's got some halloween horror songs on it that remind me of basically it's all songs that remind me of going to universal so it's themes that will be on in the daytime when you're walking around universal it's songs that might have been on past halloween horror nights events and i always listen to that in the car 
And so the Walking Dead soundtrack is on there. And then Kill the Band by Junkie XL. It's one of my all-time favourite Halloween Horror Night songs. Reminds me so much of Halloween Horror Nights 25. And so those little things, you know, you're not going to hear much of that in a video. But then on top of that, last year, everybody was talking about Scarecrow House. It was everybody's most hyped up house after the event started. And I'm petrified of scarecrows. Very, very, very scared of them. And so it was my least anticipated house. But no matter how much I heard about the house... And no matter how many things people would warn me about, like, this is going to make you cry and that bit's going to make you cry and watch out for this and watch out for that, I still went into it pretty blind. Yeah. Because so much happens in those houses that people can't explain to you in detail. And no no amount of videos of people coming out of the house and saying, oh, this just got me, or that just got me, or that was my favourite part, that was my favourite part. You still can't see inside of the house completely, so... That bit's a surprise, at least. Yeah, definitely. De- I mean, and we did ruin it for everyone last year by recording all the audio from the houses, but the audio is not the same as seeing it. We, you know, it's totally different. So go. I definitely agree. And I feel like those episodes that you and Nick did last year are some of my favourite podcast episodes that I've ever listened to, ever. Oh. And I wish that, like... If I recorded something like that in the houses, all that you'd hear is me screaming and screaming and screaming. So you wouldn't hear any of the effects in the houses. So I think that that's something that we're going to see if Luke can maybe do. I'll try and do a little bit of it too. But I mean, prepare your ears. We'd like because I am I am a wuss, honestly. But I think that they were so amazing that I and I listen to those like sometimes in the car too just to remind myself of last year's event and I feel like it's nice to just have something like that to look back on from inside of the houses. Yeah, definitely. So it's definitely something that I think that we'll we'll do in the future for definite next year when we're all there and we'll try and do it this year too. So Phil also wants to know rating this year's houses to last year's see if you think it's improved or not mm, this i feel like this is a, a difficult one because every year i do i do what you do with films craig where every time that you see a new film you're like this is the best film i've seen in my life yeah every new event I'm like, yep, this is my favourite year. No, okay, this is definitely my favourite year this year. No, well, this has got Poltergeist, so this is going to be my favourite this year. I feel like I, because I'm such a big fan of everything that's spooky, I'm a massive fan of horror films of all different kinds, and I'm such a big fan of this event in general, You'll, it's very, very rare that you'll ever hear me be down about something that's been at the event. I think, I mean, just you just making me remember 23, that was an amazing year. It was, and I feel like at the time, you might not have felt that way. But then even things like Halloween Horror Nights 26, when I look at the lineup now, I think, well, twenty five. I think 25 was better, or I think 27 was better. But then when I actually look at it, I think that was, like, the originals that we had that year were fantastic. I freaking loved Halloween, too. Like, I loved Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was the scariest house I've ever been through. 
And I think that if you if you look at every year in detail, every year is my favourite year. I I agree. Every for me, every year is better. There's, there might I, like, be... I don't even think that every year is better because I look at like the shining last year. Yeah. I think that was beautiful. It was a beautifully done house. But then I'm thinking about Poltergeist this year, and I'm like, well, I know that I'm going to love Poltergeist. Like I just know that I'm going to love it. You... And I wouldn't even necessarily pit it against the shining. No, because they're all different. But I mean. Remember when everyone was like, "What are they going to do with the Exorcist? How are they going to do the Exorcist?" I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't go that year, but you did. And mm-hmm. Did they pull it off? Mm-hmm. They pull it off every year. Definitely, they do pull off every year. And you know, if you go back to, I'm sure that you've already listened to last week's Mammoth episode. Oh yes. But I talked about how they are actually going to do the Poltergeist house because I was saying the exact same thing about Poltergeist as I was about Exorcist. How the heck are they going to do this house? And so we learned how they're going to do it and it sounds so cool. It sounds absolutely incredible. And so I, th- I feel like I just can't... Like, I can't pick a house from this year and be like, okay, well, now that sounds like that's going to be so much better than last year because it's just different. Yeah, I feel like the lineups over the last few years, the fact that the the creative team are able to get such huge IPs now, legitimately, I think is an amazing thing. I think it's a fantastic thing for the event. I think the fact that we're having Stranger Things, which is so, regardless of whether people think that's not scary enough to be at the event, I think it's a beautiful thing that we are able to have that. This this event, right, down the road, Mickey's not so scary. People lose their minds because a new cupcake comes out of a year. It's the same event every year with a couple of tweaks here and there. This event is reborn every year from the ground up. The work that these put in to make this event bigger and better than it was last year is astronomical. And it's like picking... Which is the favourite child to love? You love all your children mm-hmm. the same. Yeah, I mean, if I if I had to pick a favourite year, I know this is not what your question was, Phil. I know that we've gone off on a tangent. But if I had to absolutely pick my favourite year ever, I'd say Halloween Horror Nights sixteen, not two thousand sixteen, two thousand and six. Because I feel like that was just a really interesting year because we had all we had well we had jack the clown we had the caretaker we had the director we had the storyteller and i think it was just cool to have all of these original icons all these original icons one day right somebody's going to be brave enough to bring out the new universal monsters for the new century Right, and it's going to be the Halloween Horror Night icons. That would be like I I do honestly feel like Jack deserves his own film. I feel, but then like the director is my all time favorite icon. I think he definitely deserves his own film too. I think all of these characters are so well done. There's so much thought has gone into them. They're so beautifully created that they could have their own films and they could be successful in having their own films and I absolutely adore them but I don't think that the event loses anything 
by not having an icon for a few years. No, it just builds up their mythology and their legends. It's amazing. You don't want to see them all the time. Look what no. look what happened to the Walking Dead five years on the bounce. If you had Jack the Clown for five years on the bounce, he'd lose all his potency. That's it, exactly. But Phil, to answer your question, do I think that this year's improved or not? I think that every year it gets better and better and better as a whole. Yeah. And I think that the strong IPs and the strong originals that we've got this year are going to make for a fantastic year, and I'm super glad that I can be there to see it. Definitely. Uh huh. And then I think we will answer one more question really quickly, and it's from Chris. And it's, will any of y'all be in the Hollywood Park or attending Halloween Horror Nights here as well? Hmm. Unfortunately not. I would absolutely love to. And Chris actually messaged me a few days ago to ask me if I wanted to. He's a very, very bad influence, basically, Chris Ripley is. Very, very bad influence. And he knows that I have difficulty saying no to spooky things. So he's like, hey, do you want to fly out to Hollywood? And I'm like, yeah, actually, I do. So I'm looking into it, and I'm like, super, super want to. But I like. What sort of cost is it coming in? At? I, I mean, it's not crazy. Like, is this I'd a, be flying. Is this a hop from Orlando? Is it? It would be a hop from Orlando to California, and so I think the flight was maybe about two hundred pound return for me to go there for two days. But it's the hotels because it's short notice. Yeah. And I'd need to, because I'd be alone, stay very, very close to the parks. It would just be expensive for that. And then also, on top of that, you've got a five-hour flight from Orlando to LA. And then you've got the time difference on top of that. So I'd actually lose about four days to go for two. And those four days would be the days that I have paid to go to Disney. So, if this was something that I could add on to the beginning, like, before I get to Orlando or the end, if I had enough holidays from work, 100%, I wouldn't even think twice about it. And I think it's definitely something that I'm going to plan more for for next year. Would you, right, next year comes along, would you cut off your Disney days for the Hollywood days? Or would you extend your holiday? Well... I'm already going for like 19 days this year. So I think what I'd do is I'd maybe just book a three week, a full three week holiday from work. And I would maybe just cut a couple of days from Disney or Universal Orlando. And I'd go and do Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood. And I'd go and do Not Scary Farm. And I'd go and do the Warner Brothers event too so i'd need to i'd need to plan it thoroughly so that i could go when those events are going to be on good luck with that girlfriend i know it's going to be tough so i think it needs to be that i would have to fly in on like a thursday maybe and do a thursday friday saturday and potentially a sunday wow there and maybe fly into Orlando on the Monday. But it's definitely something I want to do. It's not that I don't want to go and do Hollywood, because I think Hollywood looks awesome. And I get very jealous every year of people that go. And I definitely do want to do Not Scary Farm, and I definitely do want to do the Warner Brothers event, because they both look ridiculously cool. But I just don't think... 
unless I go wild and do a spontaneous trip this year and Chris convinces me enough. I don't take much convincing to do spontaneous trips anyway, but I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of my Disney this year. And, it, you know, James hasn't been... James, my brother, is coming with me this year. He hasn't been... Other than the one day that we spent at Disney for my birthday in April, he hasn't been to Magic Kingdom. He hasn't been to Animal Kingdom since 2006 or 2007. So, yeah, since 2007. So it's been a very long time since he's been to a lot of the Disney parks. We only spent a couple of hours in Epcot and a couple of hours in Hollywood Studios. So he needs to see what Disney is like now. And that's, other than Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando, that's the most important part of this trip. So there you so go. So that's the question. Just not, probably not this year, but potentially next year. And I'm not either. I mean, it might. Oh. Might go wild. No. Well, if Chris, I get the impression that you live out in California or near California because you also asked us a question about any news for Nintendo attractions in L- in LA, and don't I don't know off the top of my head right now. So what we'll do is we will when we have Chris and Paul on the show on the next episode, we will definitely answer that question there for you. But I imagine that you live in or around California, so if you're going to any of those events this year, we definitely want to hear about it. Send us some photographs and uh, we'll share them in the group. Yeah, definitely. We love we love it when you guys share pictures or yeah. videos with us. Like my favorite thing, like I know that like I watch an awful lot of YouTube and probably I'd say 90% of it isn't even theme park related. It's just general YouTubeness. But I love when you guys post your holiday trip videos yeah. in our group. I love watching them. Because I think that there's there's so many vloggers out there now that if I just type in Disney trip, I could get seventy five different vloggers come up straight away, and I could watch anything. But I don't, I don't know who who I should spend my time watching. Like I have a couple of my favorites, but when you guys are posting your family videos in our group, I, like I just I just love that. Yeah, because we've got that connection. I love watching yours, Craig. Oh, thanks, Amanda. <laughs> I love it. I love when you did the Epcot drinking around the world. That's one of my favourite videos. Is it? Yeah, I love it. I was so drunk. <laughs> I'm such a lightweight. It. it was when you were all doing all of the... Um, in every country, you'd, you'd announce what country you're in and you'd do like a little impression. Loved it. Yeah, it's boss. It's so funny. But, I mean, we have got other things to cover, but I said I wasn't going to do a two-hour episode, and we are one hour and 39 so far, so I'm going to save them for the next episode, which will hopefully be recorded in a few days with Luke, when Luke is home. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Is there anything else that you wanted to quickly say before we finish? No, just that I love you all. Yes, we do. I haven't been on here for a while, have I, so... No. It's nice to dip your toe back into Universal. Um, this this episode will be out post-haste, and there will be a Morlando as well. So it's going to be a busy weekend for all you uh, After Dark Podcast Network listeners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I know we have some people who will be leaving to go to Orlando soon. 
Yeah. So we will be posting a whole bunch of content to get you through your flights. And if you haven't already, Chris Ripley's new book came out early. <gasps> and this one, mine was supposed to be delivered yesterday. And they said that they couldn't deliver it. And I was angry about it. So it'll hopefully be here tomorrow. But this one, I'm very, very interested in. Even more than usual. Because this is Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood. And around the globe. So it's all kind of things that I'll have no idea about. So I'm going to learn so much stuff from this book. And this will be fantastic for you to read on the plane. And so will the the Orlando versions. If you, if you haven't already picked up the Orlando version... I get really excited for Halloween Horror Nights from reading Chris's books every year on my flight. And it passes the time really quick. Nine hours goes in no time. It's amazing. He writes a book in his spare time. I don't know how he does it. No, he's a magician. He is so talented, that Mr. Ripley. He is very, very, very talented. And we're so lucky to have him. So definitely go and check out his books if you haven't already. And also go and check out all Luke's fantastic videos. Luke works so, so hard because he doesn't live right next to the parks. He lives over an hour away. So when he's going to film these videos, you know, he's traveling for a long time. Sometimes he doesn't get home till one or two in the morning. And then he's editing these videos to get them up as quickly as he can for us. And they're and fantastic. he's in work, isn't he, at five o'clock in the morning sometimes? That's it. Like, he, he works so hard and his videos are amazing. I, Luke's one of my favorite YouTubers. Amanda and Catch. Just, I love him. <laughs> oh, it gives me a heart attack every time. Oh, dearie me. Honestly, like, I'm dreading because I know that, like, Luke's going to come and pick me up from the airport and I know that he's going to try and throw this friggin' GoPro at me <laughs> while I'm half asleep from a nine-hour flight and I'm not going to catch it. Bog- or it's going to hit me in the head. Bog-eye Boston. That's what it'll be like. So expect to see a GoPro flying at my head. Yeah. I'm about to catch. <laughs> That's what it'll be like. But on that note, thank you so, so much for listening. We love and appreciate all of you. And we'll be back very, very soon with a new episode. Goodbye. Au revoir. Cue the music. Oh, that was fancy. Fancy, fancy. Oh, right, I've got to go and sleep on the floor now. Oh, well, enjoy that.